0: Hello. Welcome to our final episode of Silicon Valley Review. I'm Kevin. With me as always is Aaron. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Aaron. How you doing?
1: Fantastic.
0: So this is going to be our last episode. We're going to wrap up season six and we're going to do two episodes in one. We've got uh, Rust Fest and then the exit event. Let's start with Rust Fest, Aaron, which is awesome. Yeah. Would you go? Yes. Have you been to Burning Man? Never. Would you go to Burning no. Man? No. Do you know anyone who's been to Burning yes. Man? Yes. Don't you have so, a friend that like lives there or something?
1: No, but back when I worked at Atrium, the story was that Burning Man was the reason that Atrium had to implement a vacation policy. When the company started, they did not have a vacation policy, and then August hit or whenever Burning Man is, In and everyone went. All of the, the whole E P D team, the engineering product and design team left to so go. So it wasn't Burning the Man. lawyers. No, lawyers aren't as inclined to go to Burning Man as as when you, you were out be. in San Francisco. Is this a thing? There's a yes. lot of people going out to Burning yeah, Man. Yeah, now there's also this Burning Man backlash where people are like, oh, it's too you know commercialized or it's too, and so now people are starting to intentionally not go to Burning Man. That's why I was a big fan of Fire Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. Did, did you go to Fire Festival? I know it,
0: it didn't. Oh, um, I, I was going to, but then it didn't
1: actually happen. I actually know a guy who was a big burner. As okay, they are known who had tickets for Fire Festival for the second weekend and just decided, I'm getting them for the second weekend because I want to see yeah, how this plays out. Smart. And sure enough. So my brother-in-law mm-hmm. and his wife went to Burning Man a couple of years ago. This was pre-kids.
0: And they flew in somewhere, rented an SUV, mm-hmm. drove to Walmart, bought everything in the camping section, and then lived off the other burners for a week. Yeah. And then drove back to Walmart, returned half the stuff, and then came back. And I think they enjoyed it. I don't think they would do it again. Yeah. I, think I don't think I would enjoy it or do it again. <laughs> so there's no again. Yeah. You, just don't, you, you can drop the again. You just wouldn't do it. Never. So Rust Fest looks like a lot of fun. Obviously, it's sensationalized some. But let's just talk about Rust Fest. You know, he, he says that it's going to be Burning Man, but make money. And then there's no internet in the middle of the desert. So this is a perfect – this was from the previous episode. There's is a perfect way for them to test out right. the PiperNet, right? Yeah. Because this is decentralized internet using middle-out compression technology, and it just works off of people's phones. Right? right. So they get out there, and immediately the technology doesn't work. Right. Not in the way that they wanted it to. So one of the things – I think there's a legal point here, Aaron, is – they're kind of looking around and Jared keeps thinking he sees Guart. Yes. Right? And we don't know if she's a Mirage or she sees her. He actually does see her. Which then leads them to understand that YaoNet's out there. So, what are the legal implications of a
1: competitor being at I mean, RustFest? It, it's whatever the the license right. language on the ticket or whatever the entrance mechanism is to go to RustFest. But it would be odd if there were some sort of terms and conditions or license Correct. information regarding no competitors of Pipe Piper. If if they had called if Pipe Piper were our client, they called and said, "Hey, our
0: competitors out here say." Did they buy a ticket? Right. Right. Are they doing anything wrong? Did they break in? Okay, there's a problem. But if they bought a ticket, they're they're not violating the term of service. Maybe you guys need to get better on your intake.
1: Now, with YaoNet being there and taking steps to sort of surreptitiously monitor or spy, now there might be some legal implications there.
0: Yeah, there could be some breach of confidentiality. So let's just say YaoNet was there and they were tapping into their network or whatnot. That would be theft of intellectual property. Right. right. Maybe conversion. There's probably some privacy data security laws, especially in California, that they might have been violating. So there could have been some legal issues there. But really, if your competitor wants to show up at your event, you should probably just be flattered. Yeah. You know? And then there's that scene at the end where Richard confronts Lori about it. And she says, hey, we just came to see if you could pull it off. And you You couldn't. couldn't. So she was right about that. But some points about RustFest that were great. Russ was very concerned with his outfit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's a big deal. <laughs> and he kept changing his outfit and then texting the guys to see what they thought about it. And he thought that they didn't like his outfit because they weren't responding to the text. But really, they just weren't getting it. They him. weren't getting yeah. him because the network was down. I
1: thought it was interesting that he was so concerned about what they thought about his outfit, even though there's this giant hologram of him wearing a static outfit right. so that he can't change. Right. And, uh, yeah. Everyone's seeing it. He was pretty, right.
0: uh, he was pretty charged up by that giant 3D hologram of him. So, the point of Rest Fest was to prove out the technology, and then we see that it didn't work. But then, in the end, as is a consistent plot line or consistent conclusion, Richard stays up all night and fixes it. Right? right now, I remember at the end they kind of they realize that he's fixed it because as the core group is coming together and they're kind of having this oh heck moment, this whole thing's gonna fall apart. There's no power anywhere. No one has any internet. No payment processing. Then all of a sudden, the drone flies by and they. They think, okay, this is working, and then Russ comes running over and everything's fine.
1: Did they ever really resolve what they had fixed? I think the problem they are running into, and here here comes a lawyer trying to explain a yeah, te- good luck. technical detail. I think the problem they are running into is at the edges of the network or where the edges of the, the population that had the Pied Piper, the internet was weak because they weren't surrounded by other people that had Pied Piper. And so by deploying the drones, they were able to sort of create every, e- every person with Pied Piper was then sort of in the middle of right. a bunch of people. Running that Pied makes Pied. sense.
0: Okay. And that, that that's consistent then with the camera shots or what they were showing. I didn't quite understand that point. I don't know how important that is, but I did want to figure out how they solved it. I wonder sometimes if this is a real problem or a real solution to a problem, to compression technology. Because you and I have talked a lot about this season about some of the underlying themes, privacy, right? Women coders, they talked about, you know, we get in the next one, which is like in the final season, it's AI. Mm -hmm. And so I think they've addressed
1: some, some real important topics. I wonder if this technology is real. I saw an ad, I think it was on Instagram the other day, for... Some wireless router that you can use to basically plug into a network of other wireless routers that other people have to basically create a mesh internet network. Do you have a mesh network at your house? No. Our house is not big enough to need a mesh network.
0: Well, okay. We use it just because I wanted a, a broad umbrella coverage. And, and I for, have, your, for your huge house. Yeah, not quite, but I have the Eero one. Yeah. yeah. Works great.
1: Yeah. I heard, I've heard that that from a sort of setup and implementation and, yeah. and monitoring is fantastic. It definitely
0: got rid of all the dead zones. And I wonder how consistent this is. You know, we have that one client who I know you've worked with in the past who really pivoted to just being a mesh technology mm-hmm. network. I'd be curious to ask them. Right. right? I'm going to reach out to them and just ask them. If this technology is is real, so anyway, so Rust Fest kind of ends on an upper. They've got this thing working. It kind of leads you into okay, this is going to be a big success. And then I didn't know when I was watching Rust Fest that there's only one episode. I left, didn't either. Right? I thought there were two or three, and they're going to take yeah. some time to resolve it. Then when I saw season finale come up in the uh, in the show description, not just season finale, series, series finale. Excuse me, series finale. Thank you. And then the exit event, right? is right. What they were calling. It. I thought, okay, man, was well, this going to be a, a good thing or a bad thing? The fact that it happened so quickly made me think it was easier to resolve the show as it not working. With it not working than it it working. But I thought that the way that they did it was really clever. You you and I have talked about this this season. I think the writing has been great this season. So we get to the exit event. And early on in that episode, they discover Richard stays up all night after they have this monster party. Dinesh is just infatuated with Rich Dinesh and how much money. He's singing this millionaire song. Yeah. Right. And... They realize that the AI they have built is so smart that it's optimizing the compression and then the compression optimizes the AI, which means it's just breaking all these encryption keys, right? right? And I think their personalities is pretty easy to determine what was going to happen. Guilfoyle's is very black or white. We have to kill it. Yes. Richard struggled with it for a minute, but ultimately Richard is ethically motivated, right? Te- ethically, Tethically motivated. Yes. That's right. He's a professor at Tech. I thought it was the documentary thing. Was I thought that was neat? Yeah. Right. The makeup looked kind of goofy. The yeah. the aged persons.
1: Yeah, except Jared didn't age at all. Nah, no, yeah, no, but he's the he's the same age. Which is what?
0: Also, yeah, who knows, fifty something. What Jared's doing now? Yes. Right, working at a senior care facility or yeah. volunteering there, and then getting in fight with with the old guy who right. takes off his shirt. Yeah. And he wears the same undershirts that I do. I thought <laughs> that was great. So anyway. Richard knows that morally we have to shut it down. He could kind of stay up all night. I thought the whiteboard room was kind of cool. Do those exist? I'm, I'm wondering if you've seen I've that. I've never
1: seen one of those. Looks right? like it could be yeah. a real thing, right? Yeah. It's, although it seems like a design flaw to have it on the ground. Yeah.
0: yeah. But I don't know. Maybe these guys want to be rolling around on the ground writing out code. Monica's response, I think she capitulated a little quicker than I would have expected with her character. Mm-hmm. Dinesh was exactly what we thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And Jared was just, he didn't understand any of it. Yeah. So basically, I don't think this is a spoiler for anyone listening, but they decide they have to kill the product because the product is otherwise going to become so powerful and it will break a bunch of security codes or break into a bunch of things in an effort to continue to make the compression technology better. And they prove it by within a couple of hours, they're able to break into Dinesh's Tesla and then send it out right. for an errand. So they decide they're going to do this well. They've got this contract going with AT&T where Yonet had failed. at and T's rolling it out nationwide. They've got all these cameos. There was um, Dick Costello, mm-hmm. Twitter guy. Bill Gates, Bill Gates was on for a sec.
1: Andre Iguodala. Andre have
0: an interesting pick. Right. I guess just the uh, San Francisco thing. Yeah. I do think he's actually a pretty active investor, if I remember correctly. I think he's got his own fund or he's a big player in a fund. I feel like I've seen that. So I've got all these cameos of people either commenting on the documentary because they're doing this side by side where they're the documentary, then flashing back or going back to the present. Then the documentary, which is 10 years in advance, back to the present. And the documentary is these core characters talking about what had happened at Pied Piper and how we got to this point and flashing back to the present, actually living through the moment. And ultimately they sabotage the software. Now, They had sent out a good release of the software, which was going to be the monster. And then they they sabotage it themselves, just the core people. Right. But the people who save who recognize this. F and Gabe. Gabe. Gabe and John. Yeah. Right? They're so uncomfortable working in the basement. And Gabe with his chair that's just constantly attached to him. Gabe is great. Did you see the part where Gabe is telling the story and he's sipping his drink in between delivering a message? He's he's in the middle of telling Dinesh something right. very important, but he's got a Slurpee cup with him. And so he's, Dinesh, this is important. I need to tell you. And then he pauses to take a drink. And then he gets back to the message. Then he pauses. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. So Gabe actually fixes it and puts in the right firmware, which is the old firmware. And then they realize that the only way to stop this, they got to stop it immediately. Dinesh climbs all the way up to the top. Of Salesforce Tower. Which is the Salesforce Tower, right? Which I thought is hilarious. Gilfoyle says, what, did you do one push-up, right? Is that why you're so exhausted? And they actually just basically self-destruct the system. Right. And then it just flashes forward to, to 10 years later. And Richard is now a professor of tethics at the Belson Institute.
1: They had his title as being a professor of technology and ethics. Why would oh, they use tethics. tethics? But it was the Belson Tethics yeah. Institute,
0: right? Can we talk about Gavin is now a co-author? Yeah. He's written 37 romance novels. With the guy who With, wrote that, yeah, the actual- The hot kisses yes, and warm chocolate. Warm whatever. whatever. Right. <laughs> and then they're they're constantly, they're like, I don't know if they're like lovers, but they're constantly quarreling, they're right? bickering all they're, the time. But then Gavin says something to them, help me help you or something. And then they say, that's exactly what this right. character should say. So you know the the Gavin's rise into a a co-author, which really means he's just promoting what this other guy is writing. But anyway, so I want let's talk about this legal implications because they talk about AI. I know that's a big concern. You know, Aaron, we read about it. Just here locally, we go to these the um, digital fight club. Right, it's always one of the hot ones. Is AI good or bad? And it's coming. It's for I don't say it's coming. It's here. Right. I mean, people are are using it pretty uh, comprehensively at this point in time. What did you think about that part, about them killing off their own baby to save
1: the world? It was the only way to cleanly button up and finish the series. I agree. If if they had gone the other way, there would have needed to be more episodes.
0: I, I agree with you. I, I thought it was good, maybe even great, not perfect. But I like the way that they resolved everything. It's right. done. You know what everyone's doing post-mortem, right? Except – why is Lori in prison? You're right. They didn't cover that. They didn't cover that. She did make a reference to say, at one point in time, she said some of them are here. And I don't know what she's- She was talking about rats. Oh, the rats. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and that's the other thing is the whole Pied Piper and rats thing. Yeah. So I did not know the rats part of the Pied Piper. Oh, yeah. so I knew the children part of it. Yeah. Do you think that they had planned this the entire time? No. Or that this was just a convenient way? No, I think it was a convenient way to tie it all back. It's brilliant. Yeah. It's brilliant. So for those who are unfamiliar, the story of Pied Piper is that this gentleman in the 1200s had been hired by a governor or a king or something like that to rid the rats from the city. And he did so by playing all this music. He led the rats out of the city into a lake where they all jumped into the lake and cleaned up the city. But then the city didn't pay him. So he extracted revenge on the city. By coming in, playing the beautiful music again, and then all the children followed him out. So he basically took the children from the city. Depending on which version you read, all the children fell into the lake, right? Or they disappeared. Or he just held them ransom and then gave them back to the city once the city paid him his fair wages. But what the show did is they said that this phone was emitting this sound, this frequency, that could only be heard by rats. So it was driving all the rats out of their sewage or wherever they burrow and into the streets. And then they had the funny Conan O'Brien cameo, we said, or just New York. Yeah, New York on a Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I thought that was good. So basically you have to shut down the network because you're just going to have rats everywhere, which tied in nicely to what Pied Piper was. Right. You know, back to the AI thing and the ethics thing, I thought the show did a really good job of, for the founder, promoting his vision or his ethical version of his vision over everything else, right? Mm -hmm. Profits and whatnot realistically, could you have a group of five, even if they are the co-founders, have that much autonomy and control and be so close or confidential that the board wouldn't know about it or key investors wouldn't know what had happened? Right. Doubt it. No. Yeah. Right. So I don't know that that could ever happen. I would be surprised if there's conversations that are similar to that in board meetings from time to time. Hey, do we need – should we be doing this? Is this right? Right maybe financially it's sound, you know, and, and a lot of times I think we're just, we're crossing into new territory, right? There's no laws on, this is kind of genome testing too. I mean, there, there's no laws on what you can and can't do. So right. it's just going to be led by either the board or the founders and their vision and their, their kind of moral compass and what they want to do. But all in all loved this season, you know, the show I think had kind of lost its way for the last couple of seasons. The first seasons were great I hear a lot of guys, not a lot of guys, I hear some guys on the ticket talking about it. So I yeah. think it's still out there. Do you know, Do does anyone outside of us still watch this thing?
1: No, I think it's just you and me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, yeah. at least in this town. But good resolution, show's done. So it's been a lot of fun. Aaron, before we do our final sign
1: off for the Silicon Valley Review, do you have any parting thoughts? Uh, I don't. I think we should find another show to do okay. another podcast about a show.
0: Yeah. Let's look for a tech one. Okay. Well, we really appreciate you listening. We appreciate you following us. For those of you who might not know about us, the law firm is called Vela Wood. You can visit us online, velawoodlaw.com. We do a lot of venture work, so We've got a lot of venture related articles and tools out there. You can feel free to check all of those out. Check out our other podcasts. You can see us on Apple Podcasts or at the website. Finally, before you go, if you get a chance, log on and review. Five stars only. Five stars only. Thanks everybody.
1: The Vela Wood Podcasts are recorded in our Dallas office and Mockingbird Station. You can find all of our podcasts, including Office Hours, Three Things, Silicon Valley Review, and Vegan Juice on Apple Podcasts. For questions, comments, or suggestions, email us at podcasts at